Welcome to the Pinhead Kids Men Podcast, where you move the pin and get ahead. Our goal is to challenge you to improve your process of kids ministry and life, one incremental step at a time. We challenge you not only to work in your ministry, but on your ministry. So whether you're a children's pastor, volunteer, or just care about impacting the next generation, you will come to the right place, and I'm glad you're here. But then my dad said something I did not expect. He said, I think we should hike the whole thing. I really didn't know what that meant, but my only response was, okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited to launch the first ever Pinhead Kidsmen podcast. This episode is designed to let you know what this podcast will be all about. Why Pinhead? Why Kidsmen? I'll try to answer these questions with two stories. One summer when I was in high school, my parents decided to take us on a road trip to one of the places I've always wanted to visit, the Grand Canyon. I remember driving through the desert and arriving at the north rim of the canyon, looking out, and remember, I remember seeing how amazing it was and the enormity of the canyon. If you haven't ever been, I would encourage you to go. To me, it's much more than a big hole in the ground. It so moved me and my dad uh, that the next morning when we woke up, we decided to go and hike the trail a little bit. Uh, I remember going down the dusty trail. It was so it was hard, but it was just amazing. We hiked probably a little more than a mile or so, and we were feeling pretty good about ourselves, other than having to dodge the donkeys and the caravans going down and that are hauling, that were hauling tourists to the canyon. It was kind of a piece of cake, honestly. But I remember we decided after maybe about a mile to start headed back up. The difference when we turned around and started going uphill was pronounced. Immediately we started uh, panting really hard and sweating. It took us probably two to three times longer to go up that mile that we had hiked than to come down the trail. But when we got finished with that mile, my dad looked at me and said, wasn't that great? And honestly, it was. We felt alive and invigorated and still, and still inspired by the natural beauty around us. But then my dad said something that I did not expect. He said, I think we should hike the whole thing. Now, to be honest, I really didn't know what that meant, to hike the whole thing. But when he asked me that, the only response that I had was, okay. But you know what? We actually did it. We took three days to hike north rim to south rim, camped two nights in the canyon, experienced blisters, extreme heat and fatigue, hiked well over 30 miles, including our day hikes, swam in the Colorado River, day hiked to beautiful Angel Falls, came face to face with a, with a real life rattlesnake that was blocking our path, and we lived to tell about it. Now, did we go out that day and do it right away? No, we took a full year to get permits we watched a VHS tape. We had to order it. And I remember, I don't remember exactly what the VHS tape was really called, but I call it the How Not to Die in the Grand Canyon tape because the narrator kept saying, people every year die in the Grand Canyon and just kept reiterating, do not die in the Grand Canyon. We learned about tents, backpacks, food, which hiking gear to take. And that next summer, after we had experienced the Grand Canyon for the first time, we set out on our journey. It was about 5 a.m., and we took our first step that would end three days later on the opposite side of the canyon. 
I learned many lessons from that adventure that I remember that I that I remember to this day. It has given me bragging rights because it is a very difficult feat to hike the Grand Canyon from rim to rim. To rim. rim to rim hiking is something that shouldn't have been done, at least not for my novice hiking family. We hadn't really ever done any backpacking uh, or hiking at all. Uh, it, it, it can be very, very dangerous, and it's definitely haphazard if you don't have a plan. The trip starting, uh, started with a big vision to hike the whole canyon, but I don't think we would have been able to complete it, and more importantly, enjoy it without pins. Pins to mark where we were on the hiking map, pins to celebrate how far we had come, pins that marked uh, and served as small goals like the next watering station, the next bathroom, ranger station, campsite. This trip was hot, it was rocky, and the trail at times was not well marked. But when we would look at the map, we would pick out a landmark, which could be a watering station or bathroom or just the next part on the map, and we would see that, and we would set our sights on that, and it would help us get to the next point, and pin by pin, step by step, we were able to complete our journey. We would figuratively put a pin on that spot where we, when we got there and set our sights to where the next pinhead would be visible. It was in doing that, looking for small victories and progress, that we found the strength and motivation to travel on. And you know what? That has been a very powerful lesson for me that I've used many times in my life and my profession. So when I talk about being a pinhead, or this podcast being called Pinhead Kidsmen, I'm simply referring to small incremental steps that help us meet our goals. Like on a map, move the pin even a little bit and you are getting closer to achieving your goal or vision. I believe that without these incremental steps, our big goals, our visions and dreams will never become a reality. So hopefully that story explains what the Pinhead part of this podcast will be about. But on this podcast specifically, we are talking about creating and achieving small victories that help you move towards your goals in kidsmen or children's ministry. My goal is to share leadership wisdom that helps us grow a bigger vision for children's ministry, to save you time by providing uh, thought-out processes for kidsmen, as well as share hands-on ideas to creatively engage children in the children's ministry space. I feel very strongly and passionate about kidsmen. I have served in churches, schools, and daycares, uh, striving to do my best to minister to family and children for the last 20 years. Each time that I have gotten a new kidsmen job, people are kind of surprised. They say, "Jason, uh, you're going to be another. You're taking another children's pastor job." Even one person asked me, "When are you going to be a real pastor?" To be honest, that stung a little bit. I believe that if your passion is pastoring to children and families, that, that doesn't make you a second-class pastor. It is truly important. But it shouldn't surprise us too much that some people might have that attitude. You know, in the Bible, Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 14, there's a story told that Jesus was gathered and people were bringing children to Jesus, but the disciples rebuked those people and sent the children away. And in verse 14, Jesus says a very famous line, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to such of the, as these. 
The kingdom of heaven belongs to the children. Jesus cared enough to spend time with children. I think that we should be able to, to too, but we see in the Bible that this was an issue. So um, sometimes I think that even children, uh, churches and uh, organizations kind of fall into that same category, that children's ministry or kids' men is just something to get done, something that you have to do for families with children. But I think it is a very, very viable and vibrant ministry. Uh, and, you know, one time when I was interviewing for a, a very large church, actually, uh, for a children's pastor job there, uh, this church was six campuses, uh, it had four or 5,000 people at the main campus. And I was interviewing for the children's pastor job of the main campus. And I thought, wow, this would be a ministry that could really, uh, I could really hone in my skills, my abilities, and my leadership skills. But everywhere during that interview that I went on this campus of this really big church, uh, people would say things like, oh, what are you interviewing for? And I'd say, oh, for the children's pastor job. And they'd say, oh, I used to have that job. The first time that happened, I thought, oh, that's an amazing coincidence. I ran into the former children's pastor. But this happened three or four times when I was there for the for the visit and the interview. I'd meet somebody, they'd say, oh, yeah, I used to have that job. I used to have that job. And I realized that like many people, they're using the children's pastor job as a stepping stone to get somewhere else within the church world or ministry world. I believe kids ministry, kids men matters because kids matter. I also believe that working to teach kids God's word, helping them to love Jesus and grow in a relationship with him is a worthy lifelong endeavor. And I hope that you feel this way too. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've enjoyed this content, please consider sharing with your friends, subscribing, and even giving it a review. Thanks a lot.